tonight, as the Lord allows, I'd like to share the book of Revelation. And it takes an hour from the time I start speaking it. Um, if I leave anything out, I get judged, so I'm going to try not to leave anything out. Okay? And uh, the, it was written to seven churches that existed at the time John wrote the letter. And uh, we assume that if you were a member of Pontus Galatia, excuse me, that's a different book. Uh, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. You know, uh, uh, First Peter says Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, so they're easy to get mixed up, And um, if you've memorized them. And, you know, it's really hard to speak psalms to somebody if you don't know any. And you're commanded to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, right? I just thought I'd throw that out. Um, if you, we assume that if you were a member of one of these seven churches and this letter came to you, that you'd know exactly what God was speaking to you. That's an assumption we make. We also assume that those seven churches represent more than those seven historical churches. There's a good possibility that each church is a type of the general attitude of the Church of Jesus Christ throughout the whole world in one particular period of history. For example, the Church at Laodicea being a type of the general attitude of the Church in the world just prior to Christ's return. But more, there's a possibility that those seven churches are seven types of the church extant throughout the whole world at any given time in history. More, seven types of the church extant in any given nation or any given community at any given time in history. And more, seven type of Christian in any given church community at any given time in history. And as is the want of prophecy, it could be all those things at the same time. The point is that the book is not dead. It's alive. There's a command not to close it. It's relevant for you now. Now, I have no idea what God wants to speak to you by way of church or churches represented here. All I pray is that you listen, because there's a blessing or happiness, spiritual prosperity promised for the man that reads it aloud. So I like to do that a lot. And then there's that same blessing promised for those who hear it and heed it. So, for one, you've got to hear it. Most of us never hear it, especially in context. We hear parts, little bits here and there. We hear a lot of teaching on it, which is good. You need to study the teaching. But you never hear the book. It's, it's a sermon. It even has an altar call. Um, the other thing is there's something for you to heed here, even if you're not steeped in the Old Testament symbolism and symbology and prophetic symbolism uh, and have no idea about the, what the book means other than what it says on the surface. There's plenty for you to heed even there. My prayer is that you'll hear something that will move you to action and that you'll heed it so that that blessing will be yours. Um, there's unpleasant things to say in the book. There's unpleasant things to hear. There's some terminology unique to this translation. Uh, it says happy and, and blessing means, blessed means happy, spiritually prosperous. I try to remember to say blessed, but sometimes I I slip up. I memorized it with happy, so I get into that. Um, Lamb's Book of Life is here translated Lamb's Roll of the Living. I like that, so I left it. Some units of measurement, 12,000 furlongs is about 1,600 miles, half the width of the United States. There, um, 144 cubits, a long cubit was a distance from the tip of the elbow to the tip of the middle finger and the span of a hand. So about 17, 17 and a half inches. So 144 cubits is about 200 feet. A gate is not a picket fence, a little swinging variety, but a four-sided structure as tall or taller than the wall it's built to support. Um, 
rather than the great tribulation, this says the great ordeal, Sam. You'll hear a term called heresy of the Nicolaitans. It's mentioned twice in the second chapter. It's not unique to this translation, but it bears just a moment. It was one of two heresies. And since it's kind of ambiguous, I need to speak to it. Um, it was either the followers of Nicholas, who was a second century Gnostic, so that would be predictive, looking to the future. Um, and Gnosticism, basically, one of its major tenets, although it had many representations, its basic tenet was that Jesus did not come in the flesh because flesh was bad. So he couldn't have been in the flesh. It was only spirit. They said, as a matter of fact, if you looked at him, you'd have seen that his feet didn't really touch the ground. All right. Well, if he wasn't flesh, he couldn't die. Right. And so they also, out of that, said that, therefore, anything you do in the flesh is okay. It won't affect your spirit, which is a real handy heresy to have if you need one. All right. Or the term heresy of the Nicolaitans refers to those people who were advocating the separation of clergy and laity and, and, and bringing in a Judaic and pagan priesthood and installing that at the clergy level. That the clergy could do whatever it wanted to do and made a layer, layer of mediator between you and the one mediator, Jesus Christ. It also robs you of your priesthood, the priesthood of all believers. I think that's what it refers to. And I think that the term means conqueror of the laity. And that's why I think it means that. And I think that if you look at the Church of Jesus Christ, you'll notice that if that's what the heresy of the Nicolaitans is, it has been very, very successful throughout the church and much of Christianity even today. Either way, it's a heresy. If I go blank or stutter or stumble, I'll just stop and go to the Word to find out what it is will go on and not show off and I've gone blank in some of the finest churches in this country and in others and um, so praise God would you pray with me Father thank you for these people that have come back tonight to hear your word thank you for your word I pray that you make it alive through me enable me to speak it appropriately enable each one of us to hear it with your ears deeply and then to be doers of it and not hearers only. That you might be glorified by the fruit we bear as we act upon the hearing of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the revelation given by God to Jesus Christ. It was given to him so that he might show his servants what must shortly happen. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who in telling all that he saw has borne witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the man who reads, and blessed are those who listen to the words of this prophecy and heed what is written in it, for the hour of fulfillment is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace be to you in peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and ruler of the kings of the earth. Now to him who loves us, and who freed us from, his, from our sins with his life's blood, who made of us a royal house, to serve as a priest to his God and Father, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and among them those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the world shall lament in remorse, so it shall be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Lord God Almighty.
I, John, your brother, who share with you in the suffering and the sovereignty and the endurance which is ours in Jesus. I was on the island called Patmos because I had preached God's word and borne my testimony to Jesus. It was on the Lord's day, and I was caught up by the Spirit, when behind me I heard a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet which said to me, Write down what you see on a scroll and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Well, I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. And when I turned, I saw seven standing lamps of gold. And among the lamps, one like a son of man, robed down to his feet with a gold girdle round his breast. The hair of his head was white as snow-white wool, and his eyes flamed like fire. His feet gleamed like burnished brass refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face, oh, his face shone like the sun in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand upon me and said, Do not be afraid, for I am the first and the last, and I am the living one. For I was dead, and now I am alive forevermore, and I hold the keys of death and of death's domain. Write down, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what shall be hereafter. Here is the secret meaning of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and of the seven lamps of gold. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lamps are the seven churches. To the angel of the church at Ephesus write, These are the words of the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, and walks among the seven lamps of gold. I know all your ways, your toil and fortitude. I know that you cannot endure evil men, that you have put to the proof those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. Fortitude you have. You are borne up in my cause and never flagged. But I have this matter to bring against you. You've lost your early love. Think from what a height you have fallen, and repent and do as you once did. Otherwise, if you do not repent, I shall come to you and remove your lamp from its place. And yet you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans as I do. Hear, you who have ears to hear, what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who is victorious, I will grant the right to eat from the tree of life that stands in the garden of God. To the angel of the church at Smyrna write, These are the words of the first and the last who was dead and came to life again. I know how hard-pressed you are, and poor, and yet you are rich. I know how you are slandered by those who claim to be Jews, but are not. They are Satan's synagogue. Do not be afraid of the suffering that is to come. The devil will throw some of you into prison to put you to the test, and for ten days you will suffer cruelly. Only be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Hear, you who have ears to hear, what the Spirit says to the churches, he who is victorious cannot be harmed by the second death. To the angel of the church at Pergamum write, These are the words of the one who has the sharp, two-edged sword. I know where you live. It is the place where Satan has his throne, and yet you are holding fast to my name. You did not deny your faith in me, even at the time when Antipas, my faithful witness, 
was killed in your city, the home of Satan. But I have a few matters to bring against you. You have in Pergamum some who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put temptation into the way of the Israelites. He encouraged them to eat food sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication. In the same way also you have some who hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. So repent. If you do not repent, I shall come to you soon and make war upon them with the sword which comes out of my mouth. Hear, you who have ears to hear, what the Spirit says. To the churches, to him who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him also a white stone, and upon the stone shall be written a new name, known to none but him that receives it. To the angel of the church at Thyatira write, and These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes flame like fire, and whose feet gleam like burnished brass. I know all your ways your love and faithfulness, your fortitude and good service, and of late you have done even better than at first. But I have this matter to bring against you. You'll tolerate that Jezebel, the woman who claims to be a prophetess, who by her teaching lures my servants into fornication and into eating food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her fornication, and so I will throw her onto a bed of pain and plunge her lovers into terrible suffering unless they forswear what she is doing. And her children I will strike dead. This will teach all the churches that I am the searcher of men's hearts and thoughts, and that I will reward each one of you according to his deeds. And now I speak to you others in Thyatira who do not accept this teaching and have had no experience with what they like to call the deep secrets of Satan. On you I will impose no further burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. To him who is victorious, to him who perseveres in doing my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations, that same authority which I received from my father, and he shall rule them with an iron rod, smashing them to bits like earthenware. And I will give him also the star of dawn. Hear, you who have ears to hear, what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church at Sardis write, These are the words of the one who holds the seven spirits of God, the seven stars. I know all your ways, that though you have a name for being alive, you are dead. Wake up! And put some strength into what is left, which must otherwise die. For I have not found any work of yours completed in the eyes of my God. Remember the teaching you received. Observe it and repent. If you do not wake up, I shall come upon you like a thief. And you will not know the moment of my coming. And yet you have a few persons in Sardis who have not polluted their clothing. They shall walk with me in white, for so they deserve. He who is victorious shall thus be robed all in white. His name I will never strike off the roll of the living, for in the presence of my Father and his angels I will acknowledge him as mine. Hear, you who have ears to hear, what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church at Philadelphia write, These are the words of the Holy One the true one who holds the key of David. When he opens, none may shut. When he shuts, none may open. I know all your ways and look. 
I have set before you an open door, which no one can shut. Your strength, I know, is small, yet you have observed my commands, and not disowned my name. So this is what I will do. I'll make those of Satan's synagogue who claim to be Jews but are lying frauds come, and they will fall down at your feet, and they will know that you are my beloved people. Because you have kept my command and stood fast, I will also keep you from the ordeal that is coming to fall upon the whole world and test its inhabitants. I am coming soon, so hold fast what you have and let no one rob you of your crown. To him who is victorious, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall never leave it. And I shall write the name of my God upon him and the name of the city of my God, that new Jerusalem which is coming down out of heaven from my God, and my own new name here. You who have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the prime source of all God's creation. I know all your ways, that you are neither hot nor cold. Oh, how I wish you were either hot or cold. But because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say how rich I am and how well I have done. Why, I have everything I want. When in fact, though you do not know it, you are the most pitiful wretch. Poor, blind, and naked. So I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire to make you truly rich and white clothes to put on to hide the shame of your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so that you may see. All whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Be on your mettle, therefore, and repent. Here I stand, knocking at the door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and sit down to supper with him and he with me. To him who is victorious, I will grant a place on my throne, as I myself was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Here! You who have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. After this I looked, I saw a door open in heaven, and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen hereafter. At once I was caught up by the Spirit, and there in heaven stood a throne, and upon the throne sat one whose appearance was like the gleam of, of jasper and cornelian, and round the throne was a rainbow. Bright as an emerald. In a, in a circle about this throne stood twenty-four other thrones, and upon them sat twenty-four elders, robed in white, and wearing crowns of gold. From the throne went out flashes of lightning and peals of thunder, and burning before the throne were seven flaming torches, the seven spirits of God. And in front of it stretched what seemed a sea of glass, like a sheet of ice. In the center round the throne itself stood four living creatures covered with eyes in front and behind. The first creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. The four living creatures, each of them had six wings, had eyes all over inside and out, and by day and by night without pause they sang, Holy! Holy! Holy is God, the Lord God Almighty, who is and who was and who is to come. As often as the four living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before the one who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And as they lay their crowns before the throne, they cry, Thou art worthy, O Lord our God, to receive all glory and honor and power, because Thou didst create all things. By Thy will they were created and have their being. 
After this, as I looked, I saw on the right hand of the one who sat on the throne a scroll with writing inside and out, and it was sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seven seals? And there was no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth who was able to open the scroll or to look inside it. I wept! and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or to look inside it. But one of the elders turned to me and said, Do not weep, for the lion from the tribe of Judah, the scion of David, has won the right to open the scroll and to break its seven seals. And then I saw standing in the very middle of the throne, inside the circle of living creatures and the circle of elders, a lamb with the marks of slaughter upon him. He had seven horns and seven eyes, the eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out over all the earth. And the Lamb went up and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who sat on the throne. And when he took it, the four, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each of the elders had a harp, and they held golden bowls full of incense, the prayers of God's people. And they were singing a new song. And thou art worthy to take the scroll and to break its seals, for thou wast slain, and by thy blood didst purchase for God men of every tribe and language, people and nation. And thou hast made them a royal house to serve our God as priests, and they shall reign upon earth. Then I heard the voices of countless angels. These were all around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. Myriads upon myriads there were, thousands upon thousands, and they cried aloud, Worthy is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain, to receive all power and wealth, wisdom and might, honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every created thing in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, all that is in them crying, praise and honor, glory and might be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Then I watched as the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals. And I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! And there's a look, was a white horse. And this rider held a bow. He was given a crown, and he rode forth conquering and to conquer. When the Lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come! And out came another horse, all red. To its rider was given power to take peace in the earth, and to make men slaughter one another. And he was given a great sword. When he broke the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come! And there as I looked was another horse, all black, and its rider held in his hand a pair of scales. And I heard what sounded like a voice from the midst of the living creatures, which said, A whole day's wage for a quart of flour, a whole day's wage for three quarts of barley meal, but spare the olive and the vine. When he broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living creature say, Come! And there as I looked was another horse, sickly pale, and its rider's name was Death. And Hades followed close behind. To him was given authority over a quarter of the earth, with the right to kill by sword and by famine, by pestilence and wild beasts. And when he broke the fifth seal, I saw at the foot of the altar the souls of all those who had been slaughtered for God's word and for the testimony they bore. And they gave a great cry. How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, must it be before thou wilt vindicate us? and avenge our blood upon the inhabitants of the earth. Each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to rest a little while longer until the tally should be complete of all their brothers in Christ's service who were to be killed as they had been.
And I watched. He broke the sixth seal. And there was a violent earthquake. And the sun turned black as a funeral pall, and the moon all red as blood. And the stars in the sky fell to the earth like figs shaken down by a gale. And the sky vanished as a scroll was rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved from its place. And the kings of the earth, magnets and marshals, the rich and powerful, and all men slave and free, hid themselves in caves and mountain crags. And they cried out to the mountains and the crags, Fall on us! And hide us in the face of the one who sits on the throne, and from the vengeance of the Lamb. For the great day of their vengeance is come, and who, who will be able to stand? And after this I looked, I saw four angels stationed at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds, so that no wind should blow on sea or land or on any tree. Then I saw another angel rising out of the east, carrying the seal of the living God. And he called aloud to the four angels who had been given power to ravage land and sea, Do no damage! To see or land or trees until we have set the seal of our God upon the foreheads of his servants. And I heard the number of those who received the seal. From all the tribes of Israel there were 144,000. 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, and 12,000 from the tribe of Gad. 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon. 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, and 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, and 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin. And after this I looked, I saw a vast throng, which no one could count, from every nation, of all tribes, languages, and people standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were robed in white, and they held palms in their hands, and they shouted together, and Victory to our God who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb! And all the angels stood round the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, and they fell on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen! Praise and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor, power and might, be to our God forever and ever. Amen! Then one of the elders turned to me and said, These men that are robed in white, who are they and from where do they come? But I answered, My Lord, you know not I. Then he said to me, These are the men that have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And that is why they stand before the throne of God and minister to him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell with them. They shall never again feel hunger or thirst. The sun shall not beat on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb who is at the heart of the throne will be their shepherd. And he shall guide them to the springs of the water of life. And God will wipe all tears from their eyes. Now when the Lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence for what seemed half an hour. And then the seven angels who stood in the presence of God were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood before the altar holding a golden censer. He was given a great quantity of incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people upon the golden altar which stood before the throne. And from the angel's hand the smoke of the incense went up before God with the prayers of his people. And the angel took the censer, filled it from the altar fire, and threw it down upon the earth. There came flashes of lightning and peals of thunder and an earthquake. And the seven angels that held the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. So the first angel blew his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mingled with blood. And this was hurled upon the earth, and a third of the earth was burnt. A third of the trees were burnt. All the green grass was burnt. And the second angel blew his trumpet, and, and what looked like a great blazing mountain was hurled into the sea, and a third of the sea was turned to blood, and a third of the living creatures in it died, and a third of the ships on it foundered. 
And the third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star shot from the sky, flaming like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and the springs, and the name of the star was Wormwood, and a third of the water was turned to Wormwood, and men in great numbers died of the water because it had been poisoned. And I watched, he broke, excuse me, and the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third part of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third part of their light went dark, and a third of the light of the day failed, and of the night. And then I saw an eagle calling with a loud cry as it flew in mid-heaven. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa to the inhabitants of the earth! When the trumpet sounds, which the three last angels must now blow. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet. And I saw a star that had fallen from heaven to earth. And the star was given the key of the shaft of the abyss. And with this he opened the shaft of the abyss. And from the shaft smoke rose like a smoke from a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke from the shaft. Then over the earth, out of the smoke, came locusts. These were given the power that earthly scorpions have. They were told to do no injury to the grass or to any plant or tree, but only to those men who had not received the seal of God upon their foreheads. These they were allowed to torment for five months with a tor torment like a scorpion sting, but they were not to kill them. During that time these men will seek death, but they will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. In appearance, the locusts were like horses equipped for battle. They had on their heads what looked like golden crowns. Their faces were like human faces, their hair like women's hair. They had teeth like lion's teeth and wore breastplates like iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of horses and chariots rushing to battle. They had tails like scorpions with stings in them. And in their tails lay their power to plague mankind for five months. And they have but their king, the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek Apollyon, or the destroyer. The first woe has now passed, but there's still two more to come. And the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from between the horns of the golden altar which stood before the throne, and it said to the angel that held the trumpet, Release the four angels held bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels were let loose to kill a third of mankind. They've been held ready for this moment. For this very year and month, day and hour, and their squadrons of cavalry whose count I heard numbered 200 million. This is how the horses and their riders looked in my vision. They wore breastplates, fiery red, blue, and sulfur yellow. The horses' heads were like lions' heads, and from their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. By these three plagues, that is, by the fire, the smoke, and the sulfur, a third of mankind was killed. The power of the horses lay in their mouths and in their tails also, for their tails were like snakes with heads, and with these two they dealt injuries. The rest of mankind who survived these plagues still did not renounce the gods their hands had fashioned, nor cease their worship of devils, nor of idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which cannot see, or hear, or walk, nor did they repent of their murders, their fornication, their sorcery, or their robberies. After this I looked, I saw another mighty angel coming down out of heaven from God. He was wrapped in cloud with a rainbow around his head. His face shone like the sun, and his legs were like pillars of fire. And in his hand he held a little scroll unrolled. His right foot he placed in the sea, his left on the land. Then he gave a great shout, like the roar of a lion. And when he shouted, the seven thunders spoke. I was about to write down what the seven thunders had said, but I heard a voice speaking to me from heaven, which said, Seal up what the seven thunders have said. Do not write it down. Then the angel I saw standing in the sea and the land raised his right hand to heaven 
and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them, there shall be no more delay. For when the time comes for the seventh angel to sound his trumpet, the hidden purpose of God will have been fulfilled as he promised to his servants, the prophets. And the voice I had first heard from heaven was speaking to me again. It said, Now go and take the open scroll from the hand of the angel that stands in the sea and the land. So I went to the angel and I asked him to give me the little scroll. He said, Take it and eat it. It'll turn your stomach sour, although in your mouth it will taste sweet as honey. So I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and I ate it. And in my mouth it did taste sweet as honey. But when I swallowed it, it turned my stomach sour. And then they said to me, Once again you must utter prophecies over peoples and nations and languages and many kings. I was given a long cane, a kind of measuring rod, and told, Now go and measure the temple of God, the altar, and the number of worshippers. But have nothing to do with the outer court of the temple. Do not measure that. For it has been given over to the Gentiles, and they shall trample the holy city underfoot for forty-two months. And I have two witnesses whom I will appoint to prophesy, dressed in sackcloth, all through those twelve hundred and sixty days. These are the two olive trees and the two lamps that stand in the presence of the Lord of the earth. If anyone seeks to do them harm, fire pours from their mouths and consumes their enemies. And thus shall the man die who seeks to do them injury. These two have been given the power to shut up the sky so that no rain may fall during the time of their prophesying. They have the power to turn water to blood and to strike the earth at will with every kind of plague. But when they have completed their testimony, the beast which comes up from the abyss will wage war upon them and defeat and kill them. Their corpses will lie in the street of the great city, whose name and allegory is Egypt or Sodom, where also their Lord was crucified. For three days and a half, men from every nation, of all tribes, languages, and peoples, gaze upon their corpses and refuse them burial. All men on earth gloat over them, make merry, and exchange presents, for these two prophets were a torment to the whole earth. But at the end of the three days and a half, the breath of life from God came into them, and they stood up on their feet to the terror of all who saw it. Then a voice was heard speaking to them from heaven, which said, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud in full view of their enemies. At that very moment, there was a violent earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. Seven thousand people died in that earthquake. The rest in terror paid homage to the God of heaven. The second woe has now passed, but the third is soon to come. And the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were voices heard in heaven shouting, The sovereignty of the world has passed to our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders, seated on their thrones before God, fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God, sovereign over all, who art and who wast, for thou hast taken thy great power into thy hands, and entered upon thy reign. The nations raged, but thy day of retribution has come. Now is the time for the dead to be judged. Now is the time for recompense to thy servants, the prophets, to thy dedicated people, and to all who honor thy name, both great and small. The time to destroy those who destroy the earth. And then God's temple in heaven was laid open. And within the temple could be seen the ark of his covenant. And there came flashes of lightning and peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a storm of hail. Next appeared a great portent in heaven. A woman, robed with the sun, beneath her feet the moon, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant, and in the anguish of her labor she cried out to be delivered. 
Then a second portent appeared in heaven, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns. On his heads were seven diadems, and with his tail he swept down a third of the stars in the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, so that when her child was born he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, who was destined to rule all nations with an iron rod. But her child was snatched up to God in his throne, and the woman herself fled into the wilds, where she had a place prepared for her by God, there to be sustained for 1260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels waged war upon the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought, but they had not the strength to win, and no foothold was left them in heaven. So the great red dragon was thrown down, that serpent of old, who led the whole world astray, whose name is Satan or the devil thrown down to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a voice from heaven proclaiming aloud, This is the hour of victory for our God, the hour of his sovereignty and power, when his Christ enters upon his rightful rule. For the accuser of our brothers is overthrown, who day and night accuse him before our God. By the sacrifice of the Lamb they have conquered him, and by the testimony which they uttered, for they did not hold their lives too dear to lay them down. Rejoice in you heavens, and you that dwell in them. But woe to you, earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great fury, knowing that her time is short, knowing that his time is short. And when the dragon found that he had been thrown down to the earth, he went off in pursuit of the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given two great eagle wings to fly to the place in the wilds where for three years and a half she was to be sustained out of the serpent's reach. From its mouth, the serpent spewed a flood of water after the woman to sweep her away with its spate. But the earth came to her rescue and opened its mouth and swallowed the river which the dragon had spewed from its mouth. At this the dragon grew furious with the woman and went off to wage war on the rest of her offspring. And that is on those who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony to Jesus. He took his stand on the seashore. Then out of the sea I saw a beast rising. It had ten horns and seven heads. On its horns were ten diadems, and it each had a blasphemous name. The beast I saw was like a leopard, but its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth like a lion's mouth. The dragon conferred upon it his power and rule and great authority. One of its heads appeared to have received a death blow, but the mortal wound was healed. The whole world went after the beast in wandering admiration. Men worshipped the dragon because he had conferred his authority upon the beast. Men worshipped the beast also and chanted, Who is like the beast? Who can fight against it? The beast was allowed to mouth bombast and blasphemy and was given the right to reign for 42 months. He opened his mouth and blasphemy against God, reviling his name and his heavenly dwelling. He was allowed to wage war upon God's people and to defeat them, and was given authority over every nation and tribe, language and people. All on earth will worship the beast, except those whose names the Lamb that was slain keeps in his role of the living, written there, since the world was made. Here. You who have ears to hear, whoever's to be made a prisoner, a prisoner he shall be. Whoever takes the sword to kill, by the sword he is bound to be killed. This is where the fortitude and faithfulness of God's people has its place. And after this I looked, I saw another beast, which came up out of the earth. 
He had two horns like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. He wielded all the authority of the first beast in its presence, and made the earth and its inhabitants worship this first beast, whose mortal wound had been healed. He worked great miracles, even making fire come down from heaven to earth before men's eyes. And by the miracles he was allowed to perform in the presence of the beast, he deluded the inhabitants of the earth, and made them erect an image in honor of the beast, who had been wounded by the sword and yet lived. He was allowed to give breath to the image, so that it could speak, and could cause all who would not worship it to be put to death. Moreover, he caused all men, great and small, rich and poor, slave and free, to be branded with a mark on his right hand or forehead, and no one was allowed to buy or sell unless he bore this beast's mark, either name or number. Here is the key. And anyone who has intelligence may work out the number of the beast. The number represents a man's name, and the numerical value of its letters is 666. And I looked, and on Mount Zion I saw the Lamb, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and the name of his Father on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the noise of rushing water and the deep roar of thunder. It was the sound of harpers playing on their harps. There before the throne and the living creatures and the elders, they were singing a new song, which no one could learn except these 144,000 who alone from the whole world had been ransomed. And these are men who did not define... Def defile themselves with women, for they have kept themselves chaste, and they follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They have been ransomed as the first fruits of humanity for God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their lips. They are faultless. And I saw an angel flying in mid-heaven with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those on earth, to every nation and tribe, language and people. And he cried out loud, Fear God and pay Him homage. For the hour of his judgment has come, worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the water springs. And another angel, a second, followed, and he cried out loud, Fallen! Fallen is Babylon the great, she who has made all nations drink the fierce wine of her fornication. And yet another angel, a third, followed, and he cried out loud, Whoever worships the beast in its image and receives its mark on right hand or forehead, he shall drink the wine of God's wrath, poured undiluted into the cup of his vengeance. He shall be tormented in sulfurous flames before the holy angels and the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment shall rise forever and ever. And there will be no respite for those who worship the beastless image and who wear the mark of the beast. This is where the fortitude of God's people has its place, in keeping God's commands and remaining loyal to Jesus. Moreover, I heard a voice speaking to me from heaven which said, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the faith of Christ. Henceforth, says the Spirit, they may rest from their labors, for they take with them the record of their deeds. And after this I looked, a white cloud appeared, and upon the cloud sat one like a son of man. On his head was a golden crown, and in his hand he held a sharp sickle. And then from the temple came another angel, and he shouted in a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Stretch out your sickle and reap, for harvest time has come, and earth's crop is overripe. So the angel put his sickle to the earth, and its harvest was reaped. And then from the temple came another angel. And he also had a sharp sickle. And then from the altar came yet another, the angel who has authority over fire. And he shouted in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, Stretch out your sickle and gather nurse grape harvest, for its clusters are ripe. So the angel put his sickle to the earth and gathered in earth's grape harvest and threw it into the great winepress of God's wrath. And the winepress was trodden outside the city. And for 200 miles around, the blood flowed from the winepress to the height 
of the horses' bridles. Next, another great and astonishing portent appeared in heaven. Seven angels with seven plagues, the last plagues of all, for with them the wrath of God is consummated. And I saw what seemed a sea of glass shot with fire. And beside the sea holding the harps that God had given them were those men who had won the victory over the beast in its image and the number of its name. They were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb as they chanted, Great and marvelous are thy deeds, O Lord God, sovereign over all. True and just are thy judgments, O King of the ages. Who shall not revere thee, Lord, and pay homage to thy name? For thou alone art holy, all nations shall come and worship in thy presence, for thy just dealings stand revealed. And then the sanctuary of the heavenly tent of testimony was thrown open, and out of it came the seven angels with the seven plagues. They were clothed in fine linen, clean and shining, and had golden girdles round their breasts. Then one of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God and his power, so that no one could enter it until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. And then from the sanctuary I heard a loud voice which said to the seven angels, Now go and pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath upon the earth. So the first angel went and poured his bowl upon the earth. And foul malignant source appeared upon those men who worshipped the beast in its image and who wore the mark of the beast. And the second angel poured his bowl on the sea and its water was turned to blood like the blood from a corpse, and every living thing in the sea died. And the third angel poured his bowl on the rivers and the springs, and they too were turned to blood. Then I heard the angel of the water say, Just art thou in these thy judgments, thou holy one, who art and who wast, for they shed the blood of thy people and of thy prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink. They have their deserts. And I heard the altar cry, Yes, Lord God, sovereign over all, true and just of thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured his bowl on the sun. It was allowed to burn men with its flames. They were fearfully burned, but they only cursed the God of heaven for their sores and pains, and they would not repent or do him homage. And the fifth angel poured his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged in darkness. Men gnawed their tongues in agony, but they only cursed the name of God who had the power to inflict such plagues, and they would not repent of what they had done. And the sixth angel poured his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Then I saw coming from the mouth of the beast, the mouth of the dragon, and the mouth of the false prophet, three foul spirits like frogs. These spirits were devils with the power to work miracles, and they were sent out to muster the kings of the earth for the great day of battle of God the sovereign Lord. That is the day when I come like a thief. Blessed is the man who stays awake and keeps on his clothes, so he will not have to go naked and ashamed for all to see. So they assembled the kings at the place called in Hebrew, Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured his bowl on the air. And from the sanctuary I heard a loud voice in the throne which said, It is over! And there came flashes of lightning and peals of thunder and a violent earthquake like none before in human history so violent it was. And the great city was split in three and all the cities of the world fell in ruin. And God did not forget Babylon the great, but made her drink the cup which was filled with the fierce wine of his vengeance. And every island vanished and there was not a mountain to be seen. And huge hailstones, weighing perhaps a hundredweight, fell on men from the sky. And they cursed God.
for that plague of hail. For that plague of hail was so severe. Then one of the seven angels that held the seven bowls came and spoke to me and said, Come, and I will show you the judgment on the great whore enthroned above the ocean. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and on the wine of her fornication men all over the world have made themselves drunk. So in the spirit he carried me away into the wilds, and there I saw a woman mounted on a scarlet beast, which had seven heads and ten horns, and was covered with blasphemous names. And the woman I saw was clothed in purple and scarlet, and bedizened with gold and jewels and pearls. In her hand she held a gold cup full of obscenities and the foulness of her fornication and written upon her forehead was a name with a secret meaning Babylon the great the mother of whores and of every obscenity on earth and the woman I saw was drunk with the blood of God's people and with the blood of those who had borne their testimony to Jesus and as I looked at her I was greatly astonished but the angel that spoke to me said why are you so astonished I will tell you the secret of the woman and of the beast she ride with the seven heads and ten horns. The beast you've seen is he who once was alive and is alive no longer and has yet to ascend out of the abyss before going to perdition. Those on earth whose names have not been inscribed in the Lamb's Order of the Living ever since the world began, all will be astonished to see the beast, for he once was alive and is alive no longer and has still to appear. But here's a clue for those who can interpret it. The seven heads represent seven hills on which the woman sits. They represent also seven kings, of whom five have already fallen, one is now reigning, and one is yet to come. And when he does come, he's going to last for a short while. As for the beast you've seen, who once was alive and is alive no longer, he is an eighth, and yet he is one of the seven, and he is going to perdition. The ten horns represent ten kings who have not yet begun to reign, but who for one hour will share with the beast the exercise of royal authority. For they have but a single purpose among them, and will confer their power and authority upon the beast. They will wage war upon the lamb, but the lamb will defeat them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and his victory will be shared by his followers, called and chosen and faithful. The ocean you saw where the great horse sat is an ocean of peoples and populations, languages and nations. The tin horns, together with the beast, will come to hate the whore. They will strip her naked and leave her desolate. They will batten on her flesh and burn her to ashes. For God has put it into their, into their heads to carry out his purpose by making common cause and conferring their sovereignty upon the beast until all that God has spoken has been fulfilled. The woman you have seen is the great city that holds sway over the kings of the earth. And after this I looked, I saw another mighty angel coming down out of heaven from God. He came with great authority, and the earth was lit up with his splendor. And in a mighty voice he proclaimed aloud, Fallen! Fallen is Babylon the great! She's become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, for every vile and loathsome bird. For all nations have drunk deep of the fierce wine of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and merchants the world over have grown rich on her bloated wealth. Then I heard another voice from heaven which said, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins and share in her plagues. For her sins are piled high as heaven, and God has not forgotten her crime. Pay her back in her own coin. Repay her twice over for her deeds. Double for her the strength of the potion she mixed. Meet out grief and torment to match her voluptuous pomp. She says in her heart, I'm a queen on my throne. No mourning for me. 
No widow's weeds. Because of this, her plague shall strike her in a single day. Pestilence, bereavement, famine and burning. For mighty is the Lord God who has pronounced her doom. The kings of the earth who committed fornication with her and wallowed in her luxury will weep and wail as they see the smoke from her conflagration. They will stand at a distance for hoard her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, oh, alas for the great city, the mighty city of Babylon, in a single hour your doom is struck. And the merchants of the earth also will weep and mourn for her, for no one any longer buys their cargoes, cargoes of gold and silver, jewels and pearls, cloths of purple and scarlet, silks and fine linens, all sort of scented woods, ivory, all kinds of things made of costly woods, iron, bronze and marble, cinnamon and spice, incense, perfume and frankincense, wine, oil, flour and wheat, sheep and cattle, horses, chariots, slaves and the lives of men. The fruit you long for, they will say, is gone from you. All the glitter and glamour lost, never to be yours again. The traders in all these wares who gained their wealth from her will stand at a distance for horrors or torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas for the great city, the mighty city of Babylon, which was clothed in purple and scarlet and bedizened with gold and jewels and pearls. Alas, that in a single hour so much wealth should be laid waste. And all the sea captains and voyagers, the sailors and those who traded by sea, will cry out as they see the smoke from her conflagration. Was there ever a city like the great city? They threw dust on their heads, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, oh, alas for the great city, where all who had ships at sea grew rich on her wealth. Alas, in a single hour she should be laid waste. But, let heaven exult over her. Exult, apostles and prophets and people of God, for in the judgment against her, he has vindicated your cause. Then I saw a mighty angel take up a stone, like a great millstone. He hurled it into the sea and said, Thus shall Babylon the great be sent hurtling down, never to be seen again. No more shall the sound of harpers and minstrels, of flute players and trumpeters be heard in you. No more shall craftsmen of any trade be found in you. No more shall the light of the lamp be seen in you. No more shall the sound of the mill be heard in you. No more shall the voice of the bride and bridegroom be heard in you. For your traders are once the merchant princes of the world, and with your sorcery you deceived all nations. For the blood of God's people, of God's prophets was found in her, the blood of all who had been done to death on earth. And I heard what sounded like the roar of a vast throng in heaven, and they were shouting, Alleluia! Victory and glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great whore who corrupted the earth with her fornication and has avenged upon her the blood of his servants. And once more they shouted, Alleluia! The smoke goes up from her forever and ever. And the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God as he sat on his throne. And they too cried, Amen! Hallelujah! And then I heard a voice from the throne which said, Praise our God, all you his servants, you that fear him both great and small. And once more I heard what sounded like the roar of a vast throng in heaven, like the noise of rushing water and the deep roar of thunder. And they were shouting, Hallelujah! The Lord our God, sovereign over all, has entered upon his reign. Exult and shout for joy and pay him homage. For the wedding day of the Lamb has come, his bride has made herself ready, and for her dress she's been given fine linen, clean and shining. Now the fine linen signifies the righteous deeds of God's people. And the angel that spoke to me said, write this. 
Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then he added, these are the very words of God. Well, at this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, no, not that. For I'm but a fellow servant with you and your brothers who bear their testimony to Jesus. It is God you must worship. Then he said to me, the testimony to Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And after this I looked, I saw heaven wide open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider's name was Faithful and True, for he is just in judgments and just in war. And on his head were many diadems, and his eyes flame like fire. Written upon his forehead was a name whose meaning was known to none but himself, and he was robed in a garment drenched in blood. He was called the Word of God, and the armies of heaven followed after him on white horses clothed in fine linen, clean and shining. And from his mouth there went a sharp sword with which to smite the nations, for he it is who shall rule them with an iron rod, and tread the winepress of the wrath and retribution of God the Sovereign Lord. And upon his robe and upon his thigh there was written the name, King of Kings. And Lord of lords. And then I saw an angel standing in the sun, calling aloud to all the birds flying in mid-heaven, Come and gather for God's great supper to eat the flesh of kings and commanders and fighting men, the flesh of horses and their riders, the flesh of all men, great and small, rich and poor, slave and free. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies mustered to do battle with the rider and his army. And the beast was taken prisoner, and so was the false prophet who had worked miracles in its presence and had deluded the inhabitants of the earth to worship the beast in its image and who wore the mark of the beast. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire with its sulfurous flames, while the rest were killed by the sword which went from the rider's mouth, and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Then I saw another angel coming down out of heaven from God with the key of the shaft of the abyss and a great chain in his hands. And he seized the dragon, that serpent of old, whose name is Satan or the devil, and chained him up for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss, shutting and sealing it over him, so he might seduce the nations no more till the thousand years are over. After that he must be let loose for a short while. Then I saw thrones. And upon them sat those to whom judgment was committed. I saw the souls of all those who had been beheaded for the sake of God's word and for their testimony to Jesus. Those who had not worshipped the beast in its image and had not received its mark on right hand or forehead. These came to life again and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Though the rest of the dead did not come to life again until the thousand years are over. This is the first resurrection. Blessed indeed in one of God's own people is the man who shares in this first resurrection. The sec upon them the second death has no claim, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him for a thousand years. And when the thousand years are over, Satan will be let loose from his dungeon and come out to seduce the nations in the four corners of the earth and muster them for battle. Yes, the hosts of Gog and Magog, countless as the sands of the sea. So they marched over the breadth of the land and laid siege to the camp of God's people and to the city that he loves. But fire came down on them from heaven and consumed them. And the devil, their seducer, was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where also the beast and the false prophet had been flung, there to be tormented day and night forever. And I saw a great white throne and the one who sat upon it. From his presence heaven and earth vanished away, and there was no place left for them. And I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before the throne. And then books were opened, and then another book was opened, The Roll of the Living.
From what was written in these books, the dead were judged, each one upon the record of his deeds. Then the sea gave up the dead in its keeping. Death and Hades gave up the dead in their keeping, and they were judged, each one upon the record of his deeds. And then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death, and into it are thrown any whose names are not to be found in the Lamb's roll of the living. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had vanished away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, made ready like a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a voice from heaven proclaiming aloud, Now at last, God has his dwelling among men. He shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be an end to death and to mourning, and crying, and pain, for the old order is passed away. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Then he said to me, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Indeed, they are already fulfilled. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, a draft from the water springs of life will be my free gift to the thirsty. All this is the victor's heritage, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, and the vile, murderers, fornicators, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars of every kind, their lot shall be the second death in the lake that burns with sulfurous flame. And one of the seven angels that held the seven bulls, full of the seven last plagues, came and spoke to me and said, Come, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So in this spirit he carried me away to a great high mountain, and there I saw the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Oh, shone with the glory of God, and had the radiance of some priceless jewel like a jasper, clear as crystal. The city had a great high wall, which had twelve gates, at which were twelve angels, and... And upon the gates were inscribed the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates to the east, three to the west, three to the north, and three to the south. The city wall had twelve foundation stones, and upon them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel that spoke to me carried a gold measuring rod with which to measure the city, its wall, and its gates. And the city was built as a square and was as wide as it was long. And it measured by his rod twelve thousand furlongs, its length, breadth, and height being equal. The city wall was 144 cubits high, that is, in human measurements, which the angel was using. And the wall was built of jasper, while the city itself was of pure gold, bright as clear glass. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with jewels of every kind. The first of foundation stones being jasper, the second lapis lazuli, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth cornelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh turquoise, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were made from twelve pearls, each gate being made from a single pearl. And the streets of the city were of pure gold like translucent glass. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the sovereign Lord God and the Lamb. Nor did they have need of sun and moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God gave it light, and its lamp was the Lamb. And by its light shall the nations walk, and the kings of the earth shall bring into it all their splendor, and the gates of the city will never be shut by day, and there will be no night, and all the wealth and splendor of the nations shall be brought into it, but no unclean thing shall enter 
nor anyone whose ways are false or foul, but only those whose names are inscribed in the Lamb's roll of the living. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, sparkling like crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the city street. And on either side of the river stood a tree of life, which yields twelve crops of fruit, one for each month of the year. And the leaves of the trees serve for the healing of the nations. And every accursed thing shall disappear. And the throne of God and the Lamb will be there. His servants shall worship Him. They shall see Him face to face and bear His name on their foreheads. And there shall be an end tonight. Nor will they have need of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will give them light, and they shall reign forevermore. And the angel who spoke to me said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true indeed. The Lord God who inspires the prophets has sent his angel to show his servants what must shortly happen. And remember, yes, I am coming soon. Blessed is the man who heeds the words contained in this book of prophecy. It is I, John, who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell in worship at the feet of the angel and shown them to me. But he said to me, No, not that. For I am but a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and those who heed the words contained in this book of prophecy. It is God you must worship. Then he said to me, Do not seal up the words contained in this book of prophecy. For the hour of fulfillment is near. Meanwhile, let the evil doer go on doing evil, and the filthy-minded wallow in his filth. But let the good man persevere in his goodness. And let the dedicated man be true to his dedication. Yes, I am coming soon and bringing my recompense with me to wreck with everyone according to his deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed is the man who washes his robes clean. He shall enter by the gates of the city and have a share in the tree of life. Outsider dogs, murderers, fornicators, sorcerers, idolaters, and all who love and practice deceit. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the sign and offspring of David, the bright morning star. Come, said the spirit of the bride. Come, and each hearer will reply. Come forward. Yes. Uh -huh. 